You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and syndicating for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I've got a special interview subject coming up for you. It is Richie Neville from The Outfit 5. The reason for the conversation is to promote five shows in Australia. It's happening in February of 2019. They're performing with S Club 3, who used to be S Club 7, GRL and Big Brothers. I'll read out some dates. On Sunday the 10th of February, they are performing in Perth. Monday the 11th, it's Adelaide. Tuesday the 12th, Melbourne. Thursday the 14th, Sydney. Friday the 15th, Tweed Heads gets a show. Go Tweed Heads. And finally, on Saturday the 16th, they get a show at my local. Well, it's not really my local, but it's probably the nearest one. Well, actually, Tweed Heads is the nearest one, but anyway, I'll get on with it. In Brisbane, that's Saturday the 16th. So let's have a listen to what Richie has to say. This is a good one. Here we go. <laughs> how's the uh, how's the old uh, punishing phone grind been treating you, mate? Have we been treating you well? Yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice to meet some Aussie accents, actually. Um, you know, like I used to, I lived there for five years. Yeah, so it sort of feels like home anyway. It's kind of uh, kind of odd, yeah. Yeah, I, I might as well kick off and ask you about that because I was reading. Look, Wikipedia often gets things wrong. Usually does, actually. But it got... are you going to say was I a sommelier? No, 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 I wasn't because no. I didn't – because you read all sorts of stuff about there when you're about to interview an artist, and I know not to bring things up, to be honest with you, because some of it can be quite offensive, you know, And but I thought, yeah. well, you, you – You won't offend me. Trust me, you won't offend me. <laughs> well, look, it's you lived here in Australia for five years. That basically makes you Aussie in my view, mate. So what are, what are your memories of your time living here? Oh, great memories. Absolutely fantastic memories. I mean, look, I – you know, I, I would if it wasn't for me having my daughter, I would have moved back. I mean, no question. But you know, I I, I got into a relationship and I got yeah. somebody. Brought, you know, we got pregnant and we had a baby, and I'm no longer with that person. But I, I have to stay here um, mm. to you know be around my daughter. I have her 50 percent of the time, um, and you know I just can't leave her. But if it if it wasn't for Ella, I would definitely be. In Australia, um, mm. you know, I, I absolutely loved it. And I mean, you know, one thing that, you know, I went to Australia, really, I suppose, somewhere deep in my psyche, I suppose I went there to get, you know, to sort of reclaim myself, yeah. um, you know, after, you know, sort of the band and stuff. And then the years after, I found really quite, quite tough, actually. had a bit of a private battle with stuff. And, mm. um, yeah, so... You know, I thank Australia for that. And I've actually got a tattoo on my arm. Um, uh, all my arm tattoos are from fantastic tattooist in Sydney. Cool. And uh, I've got, it's, it's, it's actually Japanese in style. It's the Hokusai wave. Okay. It's the big sun. But it actually, it's there as actually a reminder of the surf and sun in Australia. Um, so, you know, it just sort of reminds me of, of kind of, you know, of, of reclaiming myself, and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Look, you've mentioned something fun, in there. Fun yeah, look, you know, well, God, if you, whenever you can, bring your daughter over, mate. We'd love to have you here. I mean, I know you're coming over here with the band, but you're obviously a bit more than a tourist or someone just touring in a band over here. But you, you mentioned something there, which I think I'd like to talk about this now, actually, if that's cool. But you were yeah. at one stage, you were arguably one of the most popular in one of the most popular acts on the planet. I'm talking about the late nineties. Yeah. It would yeah. have been punishing at times for you guys to manage the commitments, being on stage, all of the shit that you guys had to deal with. So my question for you is, yeah. how did you do it without going insane? 
well, you know what? It, it's not easy. It's really, really not easy. And, you know, you, you see the sheen from the outside, you know, you see the happy videos and, yeah. you know, and, and also, you know, at the end of the day, if you're doing an interview, uh, it, it's not, nobody wants to hear how are you? And you actually, well, actually I feel like shit, mate. I'm yeah. fucking really worn out. And, uh, you know, couple of the guys in the band are really pissing me off at the moment but you know that's just not you could you know <laughs> you just can't do an interview like that you know because obviously you're there to talk about the music and the music does it is exciting you are excited about it you're proud of it you know so you just focus on the positives um you know and and sort of leave out the negatives it's like when somebody says how are you yeah. unless you're really close to that person what do you say oh yeah yeah great thanks <laughs> you know, mm. it's just um, human, human, the human way. Yep. So, um, yeah, yeah, you know, um, there, and it was at, at times a massive struggle. You know, it was grueling hours, 18-hour days, two, three, maybe four days off a week, a, a, a year even, not a week. That would be amazing. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, you know, so it was, it was very grueling. And, and, yeah, yeah, it was, it was hard. It was a lot of pressure and you know, also, you know, you couldn't go for a walk. You couldn't go for things like that, you know. Yeah. You, you literally saw hotels and planes, and, and that was it, really. Well, I think, I think you and I are of the same vintage, actually. So I, I grew up in a time where if you went to a nightclub, and I did frequently, you heard your music. Yeah. It was unavoidable. And the, the fact is you liked it when your music came on because the girls used to go onto the dance floor, and it's much better yeah. for a bloke like me to be dancing with girls than it is with boys. <laughs> the yeah. point, the, yeah, and, yeah. And I remember saying, I don't know whether you know much about heavy metal, but I was talking to a uh, fella who goes by the name of Demonaz. He's got another name, but he's Norwegian. Um, he's got right. a real name, in other words, Demonaz is a pseudonym. But he's in a band called Immortal. Yeah. And okay, I was explaining to him that before I used to go out, I used to because there were no back in the nineties, there were no heavy metal clubs or rock clubs. You remember what it was like? There were just dance clubs. That's all there was. There wasn't yeah. scenes that catered to a diverse array of people. It was just nightclubs and you got a certain type of music in it and that's how it was. I was explaining to him that I used to listen to all of this black metal, his music in particular, before I went out, basically to try and pick up chicks. Then I'd go into the clubs and I'd frequently hear your music and then basically try to meet women during that. So there was that juxtaposition between listening to this extreme black metal at home and then going out, and I didn't say it was five specifically, but, I mean, it was the late 90s, for God's sakes. Who else is going to be on in a nightclub? If it's not five, there's going to be about four other bands. But it was an, he thought it was hilarious. He thought it was hilarious. But yeah. I guess it alludes to something else, and there's a lot of people of my vintage that have no problem with a band like Five from a either a commercial or a critical perspective. So I guess my question is, mate, is that do, do you remember that thing where a lot of musicians, and I'm a musician, so... A lot of musicians, when they start talking about so-called boy bands and girl bands, they're instantly dismissive without recognising the hard work that you guys do. So did you did you cop a lot of that back in the days? And if you did, did it even bother you and Iota, given the, the levels of fame and the extraordinary demands on your no, team? No, you know what? Again, like, I mean, I was just actually saying in another interview, you know, we were really lucky. Well, not just lucky, but I think we thankfully got it right in the we were the boy band it was okay for guys to like for instance so yep. instead of like probably if i was in an all ballad singing you know that type of band i probably would have copped it from guys a bit more on the street you know oh, whatever yeah. they want to say but actually it was usually like, oh my god i love that tune oh yeah yeah um so you know that was um that was awesome and no i mean really that came actually it was more of an internal thing because 
I wasn't a massive pop fan. I was a fan of Nirvana and Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, Soundgarden. You know, those were the concerts I was going to. And then there was that, or I was into like, you know, proper club dance music. You know, that the UK in the 90s was, you know, the rave era mm-hmm. had gone on and then it had gone into the clubs. And, you know, that was my thing. And, and so pop, you know, it was a bit of a, oh, wow, I'm in a pop band. That's kind of odd. So <laughs> for me, it was more of a, I, I, afterwards, I would be a bit apologetic about it. Oh, yeah, 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 I was in that, that pop band kind of thing. And then it took about, 10 years for me to actually start looking back and going, actually, why, why the fuck do I feel like this? Like, you know what? It's fun. It's upbeat. It makes people happy. Mm. And I like now I've come full circle. I absolutely love performing it and, you know, and um, really embrace it, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think you need to do that because you, you were around at a time before the internet, social media and everything, really became a thing. And I actually think you and I grew up in a bit of a, a gentler era. It was a bit more innocent yeah. back then. As I was saying, I could, a fellow like me could listen to black metal and then go into a club. I didn't, I had the long hair and everything, so I probably looked like I did, but I used to get dressed up and go out. But we were able to sort mm. of just lead our lives, I think, in a bit more of an easier fashion without sort of feeling so yeah. self-conscious and the like. And so especially yeah. when I yeah. hear your, your guys' take on We Will Rock You, it does bring me back to yeah. that time a bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do, no, do you... it's funny you say that, like, because, I mean, I'm, I'm sure when you talk about that a little bit, um, social media comes into your thinking. And, you know, uh, you know, we definitely would have got ourselves into a lot of trouble, probably to the point that yeah. we might not have even been able to carry on as a band <laughs> if we'd have had Twitter and Instagram when we, because we, I know for a fact, we would have got like messed up, drunk. Somebody <laughs> would have gone, okay, I dare you. And it would have got worse and worse. If there would have been this game. I guarantee it. It would have just been a bunch of guys going, okay, you know, I dare you to put your nuts back. <laughs> put a video with your nuts back on. Like we would have definitely done stuff like that. A hundred percent. Thank God. You, you, would have inter- you would have interrupted the whole, wholesome image of you out there. Wouldn't you? If, if, oh, if yeah. social media was around back then, yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. You know, but it, because you're bored. You know, you're bored. Like if you're traveling all the yeah. time, like you get bored, so you just go right. You know, and then I don't know. We were just extreme with things. We definitely would have done stuff like that. Just one sec. Yeah, sorry, gotcha. mate. Just one second. You're right. Go on, mate. Sorry. You're right. No worries. Um, one of the members isn't coming with you, though, so I've got no background on this, so I asked this question innocently, but is there a reason why? Is it Jay Brown? Is that the n- name of the member there? Is there a reason why they're, they're not a part of the reunion? Or I suppose you'd call it a reunion and get together. No, no, no. So so what, what was the catalyst for us reforming was that a TV show for a big, uh, you know, arguably the biggest um, uh, TV sort of station over here, yeah. ITV, Wanted to basically put, uh, you know, a bunch of, of the huge bands, you know, back together and, and, and sort of, but also interviewed them about their time in the band and, and mm-hmm. all that. Um, and we felt that that, you know, could work. I mean, I was in Australia at the time. So for me, it was kind of, you know, I was getting Skyped into meetings in London. Um, but I felt quite outside of it really I, you know it was like okay so I was like okay right so I go and do a TV show and then I'll just come back to arts mm-hmm. um, 
but it's just not how it worked out. And um, anyway, the four, so so Jay decided not to do the big reunion. He didn't want to do the TV show um, for whatever for his own personal reasons, and that's fine. Yep. Um, and then there was the four of us, and there was the four of us for two or so years, you know, or a little while afterwards. And then Abs, so there was four of us uh, in the band, and then Abs, like literally a year or two after the big reunion, just put out on Twitter, um, I'm no longer a member of Five, wouldn't take any calls, wouldn't, we just couldn't get hold of him, so mm. that was that, he left, yeah. Uh, mm. So Jay was never back, and uh, Abs was back briefly, and then just never came back but we've been touring the world for you know and gigging festivals and stuff uh sean scott and i and um and smashing it yeah so, so you you're dangerously close to making this a career really aren't you i mean five is you've no doubt got other interests and you've got other talents but is five going to be the thing do you think moving forward that's going to be the main thing for you to focus on professionally speaking um professionally speaking it's definitely um, you know, we we we're getting a lot of shows, yeah, a lot of um, a lot of demand, and, a lot of offers, and, yeah. and long may that continue. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, in the day, I've got three children to feed and um, you know a life to live. So I, I I honestly, you know, always say like, you know, the band was amazing. It was, you know, and I'm really grateful for that experience. But it did take a lot out of me, emotionally, spiritually. Um, you know, it was it was a it was a very very tough thing that you know you can't turn fame off. They people know you face or they don't. Mm. Uh, so then, you know, afterwards, I don't know. I just had a struggle. Like I said, I had a struggle with it. So now I've come full circle. I've embraced it with all of my heart, and you know, I'm going out and playing the songs, and I look at this as you know the gift. It's actually giving back finally, properly giving mm. back, and. You know, enabling, you know, us to have a load of fun traveling around, playing the songs that we wrote and that became hits. It's, it's, it's great. Mm. What, what do you reckon when you look back? And indeed, I suppose now that you're looking forward, so I guess it's a question you can answer either way, but what, do you, what gives you the greatest sense of accomplishment with your career so far? Um... Great sense of accomplishment. Oh, there's so many things. I mean, geez, like winning the Brit Award was amazing. Winning mm. the MTV Award was amazing. But that's that's awards. That's great. Um, playing Rock in Rio was amazing. Oh, Jamming yeah. with Queen was amazing. Um, opening the Brits was amazing. Um, Stocking Times Square in America was amazing. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, even down to South America and going over there and the kids would, or the girls would get in, they'd, they'd stand in the boots uh, of, of the cars um, with the boot open and they'd be standing up and holding onto the lid of the boot and they'd all follow the car like, or like you know, loads Jesus, of yeah. cars. Yeah. Full of girls and you'd be like, because like, it's just mad. Like, I mean, you know, you wouldn't be able to do that in Europe or Australia, you know, you just wouldn't. <laughs> The police would be like, what are you doing? But the, the police would be like, oh, there's a pop band. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it was mad, you know. Um, you know, turning up at radio stations and literally for as far as the eye can see, it's like that footage I grew up watching sort of when Michael Jackson came yeah. to town or something, you know, and it was like, wow. And it was like, shit, like, 
wow, this is uh, really, really sort of mind-blowing, you know? Um, so, yeah. I'm, but I'm, I'll tell you what, another, another thing, sorry, another thing yeah. for the kind of sense of accomplishment, and this is why you kind of got into it as well, it was all oh, that's great, but also coming up, people coming up to you, and it, they especially do this with Keep On Moving. Oh, yeah. And they come up and they say, I really love that song because it got me through a tough time and it reminds me to be happy and positive, yes. you know, and that, that other people suffer too. Um, and that, that's magic, that, because it's, it's been said quite a lot. Yeah, well, that's awesome that people feel to, they, that's their lived experience. Okay, so your music, yes, it was popular, but there's actually a message there as well. And as as we all know, I'm, look, as I've already mentioned, we're the same age, mate, but no doubt you've had your heart broken and you might have lost a parent like what I have and you've had all sorts of shit you've had to go to. People have ripped you off financially, all sorts of stuff. But if we didn't have music, what the hell would we have? And and for well, a lot of... Well, yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, I always say music, not all music, but, you know, sometimes you hear a piece, often it's like non, uh, you know, not vocal music. It can be like a bit of a classical piece or, you know, like movie music. And I say to the kids, I'm like, listen to that. What do you hear? They'll be like, well, I can hear like, you know, whatever. And I'm like, no, it's literally the sound of emotion. It's feeling put into sound. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's you know, and, and that's, I love that. I just love that. I'm like, oh, my God, they've literally made the sound of falling in love mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever it is, you know, or, or, or grief or, you know, and that's, um, yeah. Well, is it, there, there's a few things, isn't there? You know, um, if, if music hadn't, you know, something along the lines of like, if music hadn't been invented, it, it would still be invented. Somebody would just come <laughs> up with it at some point. You yeah, know, that's right. Within us, you, know? Yeah. you know, you go back to tribes, you know, they were banging on drums um, and singing away. It's there. Yeah, it's actually the one thing like every... Birds. Yeah, well, it's it's the one thing every culture on the planet has in common from any era. There was always music. There was always sounds, yeah. coordinated sounds. Yeah. 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 Hey, look, I better make this my last question because I know you've got a few more coming through. But um, You're all good, man. There's, uh, you're alluding to the, the heights of success and fame that you had, the fame in particular. Now, I do host a, an R-rated program, Not Safe for Work is what I'm saying, so be as not safe for work as you like when you're entering this question, mate. But... What was one of the craziest things you encountered during the height of your fame? I would probably say... Um, often the two-facedness of the people that worked in the music industry mm-hmm. and the manipulation... You know, they say the music industry is tough, you know, and like we're yep. kids, we're kids. Even our parents didn't have a clue. Yeah. And they're so well versed in contracts, in the, all the, all that stuff. All the fine print. Day. They yeah. know what they're doing. Yeah. And it's quite, you know, in a way, I guess it's quite predatory, you know. Um, and um, yeah, I think just, you know, them doing whatever they can to get you to go on stage, even if you're broken or you, you can't go on, you know, and and that's not all the time. I mean, look, yeah, we choose, we choose to do what we do. We chose to go into it. It's not always a sob story, but I I mean, not just for us. I've seen it. I've watched it with, I mean, 
for instance, take this. I heard of a, I can't remember what band it was, I genuinely can't, but hmm. where there was a couple of bands that sounded similar and a label had, had signed one of the bands, but there was another band that was very good too and kind of had a similar look and a similar sound. Mm-hmm. So that label gave that other band a, a recording contract purely to shelf them so that they wouldn't get in the way and another record company wouldn't sign them Jeez, so that okay. they wouldn't get in the way of the other band. And, you know, that's, I mean, that's just fucked, isn't it? I mean, these, these people had like hopes and dreams and they wanted to make it. And they, you know, from a kid, like how, how you can do that to people. I just don't know. Yeah, look, I'm I'm a nobody with all due respect, and and my limited dealings with people in the music industry haven't been that positive. I must say, they're either been actually I should say they've either been extraordinarily positive, and I've been surprised by people's altruism and their kindness. Yeah, or they've been completely uh-huh. shit. They're never in between. Well, they stand out. They stand out. The good, there are good guys, and they do stand out. Hmm. Yeah, indeed, yeah. indeed. Well. Mate, I'll let you go. Thanks so much for having the conversation with me. Um, you, you know, you guys have achieved a lot. It needs to be said that. And congratulations on the extraordinary amount of hits that you've had. And look, long may you continue to do what you do and bring uh, bring happiness into people's lives. Oh, fantastic. Thanks ever so much, mate. And it was genuinely a pleasure to talk to you, man. All the best in life and love and luck, all right? No worries, mate. Appreciate that very much. Likewise, too. No Thank problem. You. Thanks, brother. Take it easy, buddy. Thanks. Bye, mate. Catch you. Bye. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and syndicating for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that conversation featured Richie Neville from the British Outfit 5. Thank you so much for listening.